if we treat anxiety as a problem to be fixed, that straight away inflames the anxiety, exacerbates it, makes it worse. And yet, if we see that we are treating anxiety as a problem, and we see this as a problem, then that's no good either, because we're still feeding the anxiety. The anxiety can shift from one thing to another, but it's the same anxiety. So I can be anxious about something in the world, some task that I have to perform, or I can get anxious about the possibility that taking on this task may make me anxious. So the anxiety is the same, but it's shifted horses, so to speak. So it doesn't matter what I'm trying to control or what I'm trying to manage. Because whatever it is, I can always be anxious about that. Whatever I say is important for me to do or not do, automatically gives the anxiety somewhere to take root. So if we have this situation that when I take anxiety as a problem, that makes anxiety worse. And when I see that I take anxiety as a problem and try to stop myself taking anxiety as a problem, that's no different. I can't get out of the situation that way. So in this case, we have to take a wider view if we're looking at what's going to be helpful with anxiety. It's no good trying to outwit the anxiety or outmaneuver it. When it arrives and think we can do that, because anything we do will feed into that anxiety, no matter how determined we are. And in fact, the more determined we are, the more we're feeding the anxiety, the more we resist the more the problem persists, as Jung says. And if I try to not resist as a way of solving the problem, this doesn't work either, as I was saying, because I'm, resist I'm trying to not resist for a reason. I'm trying to stop resisting in order to solve a problem. So, in that case, my so-called not resisting is a subtle form of resistance. Anything we do for a reason is resistance. So the answer is to take a wider view. And what that means is to practice as much as we can not treating life as a problem, so that quite aside from the anxiety, we have this thing where we do take life to be a problem. We're always trying to improve it or modify it in some way, which means we're taking it as a problem. We're relating to life as a problem. And although there are some aspects in life which can legitimately be seen as problems, when our automatic response to everything is to 
try to improve it or to try and put a spin on it or a slant on it or alter it in some way even if just to put a commentary on it and say what it means that is resistance too we're trying to put a spin on it and so when we do that the whole time our whole lives slip imperceptibly into neurosis because neurosis is the attempt to control out of fear what never needed to be controlled in the first place and when we try to control something that never needed controlling in the first place we get this situation where our controlling runs away with us and we find that we are compulsively controlling. We're controlling because we have to. So once we start, we can't stop, which is a nice simple way of putting it. So it's just like um, the old Pringles ad, when you, when you pop, you can't stop. It's exactly the same for controlling things that don't need to be controlled. We might get impatient, we might think we know we can do it quicker, we might be looking for a shortcut, we might be panicked or frightened in some way, so we start taking control. And even if that appears to improve our situation, it hasn't improved our situation really, because now we're in the position of having to keep on controlling. We've started steering the thing and now we can't stop, because if, it's, if we do stop, it's going to crash, or it feels like it's going to to crash. So via this process we end up taking responsibility for more and more things that we shouldn't take responsibility for. And this is a irrevocable process, it just keeps on expanding and we keep finding that the area of what we could call spontaneous life, life that happens by itself, life that doesn't have any issues about it shrinks and shrinks and the issues multiply the issues proliferate and then when we see that the issues the problems have proliferated so that there's lots and lots of them and there's if it's not one thing then it's another then it's natural we try and do something about this situation. We realise that this situation where problems are proliferating, issues are proliferating, is a problem. And so we start trying to do something about that. Or even just thinking we ought to do something about that. And then there's another problem to add to the big pot of problems. So as I was saying just a few minutes ago, once started... Anxiety can feed on anything, and it can feed on itself. So, what I was calling the wider view of things really means living life as if it isn't a problem. So whatever happens, it's interesting, it's something happening, but we don't have a judgment about it, we don't have an agenda about it. We're interested in life as it expresses itself or as it happens, rather than being interested in life from the point of view of 
how can I make it be what I want it to be? How can I make it do what I want it to do? And when we put it like that, we can see that our Western way of life encourages us so much to be always trying to make things be the way we think they ought to be. <clears throat> or make things do what we think they ought to do. This is what being goal-orientated means. It means not being interested in things as they are in themselves, but only interested in things and in how in, in the fact that we can possibly get them to serve us and be the way that we think they ought to be. So we are predisposed to a, to control in other words. And that this whole thing about being predisposed to control means that we're also predisposed to anxiety because we invariably fall into this habit, this automatic response of seeing everything as a problem that needs to be managed or that needs to be controlled. So we've forgotten how to live essentially. Everything in resistance. Now from the point of view of the ego, that's all the ego can ever do, is be willful. All it can ever do is resist. The more it resists, the more it feeds itself. So resisting makes sense for the, for the ego, for the I concept. The, the ego has to assert itself, it has to get its own way. That's the only way it can feel good about itself. So it does that full time. If it ever feels that it isn't being getting its own way, that it isn't being listened to, etc, etc. It gets bad feelings. It starts to feel very uncomfortable, so it has to up the activity, the self-assertion activity. So the, this gives us two ways <clears throat> of looking at the same thing. So we could say that we've fallen into the habit of controlling all the time. Doing everything for a reason is another way of putting that. Or we could say that our sense of who we are and what life is about has shrunk so much that it's actually shrunk so that what life is all about means being this ego or living life as this ego as if there was nothing else to life as if there's nothing else to life apart from successful striving and for the life of the ego there isn't that's that's it there is nothing more than that there is unsuccessful striving, but it doesn't like to think about that too much. Failure is not an option, as we like to say. And when we're caught up in that, it really doesn't make sense to us to, to think that there could be more to life than struggling, striving, manipulating, controlling. Anything else that isn't that, we see as lying down on the road and just giving up, being defeated, just saying, okay, you win. As if the only way to live is to strive to achieve. It 
it's actually quite hard when we're stuck into the controlling to see that not getting involved in not getting involved in it is actually a far superior state of mind superior in the sense that there's a lot more in it it's lot it's a lot more fulfilling and interesting and it's a lot more meaningful so a chasing goals attaining goals is not really meaningful it's not really meaningful because although it's exciting to approach the goal the chase is exciting once we get there the good feeling evaporates very quickly and we have to do it all over again and that's because there's no real meaning in it there's only the projected meaning projected meaning means that I'm saying it's going to be super great when I achieve that goal that specified outcome and I buy into that and it's exciting but when I do it obtain the specified outcome nothing changes that was just me saying that this is a special thing it's not really any more special than anything else it's just life so there is a kind of a letdown the chase is better than the catch because actually there's nothing there to catch because there's nothing real in our goals it's just a way of distracting ourselves from being present in ourselves whereas letting things change as they were going to change letting things happen as they were going to happen is meaningful that is if we can use the word meaning that is what gives life its meaning the fact that it actually happens by itself without us controlling it to make it happen.